Odd and Rob in the afternoon. Hey, afternoon delight. With Todd and Rob. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and I was a little slow on the trigger there. Didn't hit the other pad fast enough, but uh, no, I'm not going to edit in copy. Don't worry. Hey, everybody. You're not going to edit. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Hey, everybody, welcome to the new media show. Hope everyone's doing good. We are lit and live, I think. I don't know. We sent the pod ping, so, you know, I, I think we are. So, how are you? I'm doing terrific, Todd. It's great to be back doing the show. It seems like the, the weeks just keep rolling by, you know, and things keep moving forward. So, it's uh, it's a, it's it's good. You so, know, I, you know, it's a crazy world out there right now, um, <laughs> generally. But other than that. It's, uh, I, I've been literally... I, I can't show my calendar because someone will copy it and be talking about it and know who I'm talking to. But I, I'm looking at, um, just tell you how crazy it's been. Monday, uh, 10 hours, I had an hour and a half downtime. Tuesday, uh, I worked all the way from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. with two hours break. Yesterday, uh, I only worked nine hours yesterday with one hour of break. Today, I've uh, been at it since 8 a.m. with about 75 minutes of break. And it's it's busy. I, I'm busy. And I, in matter of fact, I work Sunday because I didn't get everything done I needed to get done last week. And I actually worked half a day Sunday. It's, it's things are, you know, in, in one instance, it's a lot of it's because stuff we're doing. But uh, yeah. other instances, I'm talking to a lot of people and we're also in the role of hiring someone right now and looking at a different firm, heard some doing some stuff. And uh, I, I'm like, this I, just before we started the show, as we we're doing our sprint ret retrospective with the, with the production team, and I was like, good Lord, is it Friday yet? <laughs> <laughs> Todd, it's only Tuesday. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, you know, it's the, you know, it's no, Wednesday, right. but it's like, yeah. so yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. And, you know, I've had some interesting conversations. I'll talk a little bit around what I've talked about uh, before we start the show. But um, first time, foremost, value for value. If you support this show, you go over to newpodcastapps.com and you pick up a new podcast app and you can boost boost the show i've got i've got the boost uh boost mechanism ready we should hear if a boost comes in today but we got one two three four sats from dave um and uh, he did test boost because there was people were saying they're trying to send me boost and they couldn't send them um we got twenty five thousand sats from matt thank you I, I don't know maybe that was from leftover love listening to the show i think that was leftover we didn't get a lot of boost this time so people that are listening to the show are not using any of these new podcasting apps. They're not using Podverse, Castomatic, Fountain, where you have the ability to contribute by the minute when you listen to this show, if you so choose to do so. Streaming yeah. sats, baby, that's where it's at. Yeah. You know? Uh, and well, we got to just keep, keep promoting it, Todd. And get well, 
get, get more people aware because oh. I think it's an awareness thing. It, too. it is. People, it is. People get into their patterns of the apps that they yeah. use, and it's hard to break it. Well, we're yeah. we're gonna break it. I'm breaking my. You're geek. gonna break it. We're getting <laughs> we're getting the Geek News Central listeners broke. I I've moved more than a dozen. Oh, there comes a yeah. boost. There's a digital boost. Ten ten digital boost right. from Mike Dell. And of course, Coming we couldn't real time. we couldn't yeah. hear it for whatever reason. Who knows why? It came in. I saw the the confetti. So, Mike, probably a misconfiguration on my part. But the um, I'm converting my Geek New Central listeners. They're saying, uh, checking this out, trying it, testing, still learning, happy to help in any way I can. So, that's good. The future is here. The future is here in value for value and being able to promote. And, uh, but anyway. Uh, Rob, by the way, I did a donation to uh, a podcasting 2.0 show, and it's because my company here is called New Media Productions, and it's oh. that's what my PayPal is. You got to thank you during their show as well. Awesome. <laughs> so, so, so I'll take it was only fifty bucks. So I'll take the twenty five off y- y- any of your earnings for this year, and make sure you okay. we apply it. <laughs> okay, I'm enough. sure you're really worried about it. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> the hardcore accounting here in dollars, yes, yes. onesie, twosie dollars. Okay, so Keep that uh, reinvestment going back into the that, that's right the, uh, SAT program, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and uh, we are streaming live everywhere: YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. We even have an audio stream going on. So uh, there's no reason why not to tune in live or on Podverse or any of these other apps that are, you know allowing us to be lit. So right. here's, here's, I, I heard a good one and I, and, and I can't say who, well, first of all, I was told he, he's going to laugh because he listened to the show. It is not safe in New York right now. He's, he told me, do not go to New York city. <laughs> he says, it is crazy there. He said, I didn't feel safe. The city had a different vibe. And I thought, Oh, that's, Curious. And this well, is, now they're talking about mask mandates again. So. Oh, okay. Well, even even more reason not to go there. So, <laughs> um, yeah. but, and this is the second time I've heard this in the past couple of weeks, is that there? Let's say let's say you go into a meeting with yeah. um, a big company. You know, mm-hmm. uh, big, big, big ones. You know, a CNN, NBC, Fox, wherever. You go into a big one or you go into a iHeart or, you know, you go into any of these big, big ones and you go talk to their podcast group specifically. Mm-hmm. And um, it smells like recession. It smells like <laughs> it. It smells like it. <laughs> looks like it. Um, it must be right. And there is a, they have a group, but they're not getting much money. Budgets are getting cut there. And it's, and some of the, some of the older echelon leaders in those companies are more focused on the big, shiny bright ticket items so, you know could be radio or tv or whatever it may be they're not so worried about the podcasting thing and 
this is the second time I've heard this in two weeks, and it makes me go, okay, are we going to start seeing big major media companies start pulling back in their podcasting efforts or just being neutral? Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, I've seen this happen before. I mean, it happened back in the 2008, nine timeframe. This is the last time I saw this kind of uh, atmosphere start to develop. And a lot of the bigger media companies got cold feet about yeah. podcasting. Yeah. And they started, uh, you know, getting, getting rid of podcasts. Divesting. Um, right. And I'm not necessarily saying that's going to happen this time because I think in some cases, a lot of these companies, the podcasting division is probably the most profitable. Um, so it just depends oh, maybe. on the situation, but, and but the it group. also gets back to, you know, what's the capital expense on the other side of the, the media company and right. how much that's draining on the budgets too. So, so that's the bigger issue that I found even back then was po podcasting, um, wasn't a big enough line item on the budget to, to, to really justify continued additional investment. So that could be what we're seeing here. And I'm also hearing that a lot of shows that are looking for deals, those have dried up shows yeah. that shows that we're looking for, for deals and looking for money. That is that that's gone. You couldn't be talking about maybe guarantees here, Todd. Is Gar that what you're talking guarantees about? Guarantees are gone, uh, or or even, or even, or, or even their twenty five thousand dollars an episode to produce a series. That's gone. Well, that yeah, I agree with that. And That's, I, yeah, those those companies that did guarantees um, without stipulations on performance um, are going to be in trouble. So, oh, I think no I, I think it's. I think it's significant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've heard big, big percentage numbers. Yeah. Uh, it's not so much. So anything you hear out there about CPMs, right? CPMs generally are not going down. They were never affected before. Right. What, what's being affected is the number of campaigns and the total dollar spend that's being put into podcast advertising is what's getting hit right now. Right. So it is a interesting time. And right. as so many people are talking about in some shows that you may listen to, if you're, if you're not, uh, you know, um, trying to prop things up with good news is that the free money is gone. It is gone. G O N E. Well, it's expensive. The money now is expensive. So right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, Maybe yeah. it, go out and try to get a car loan right now and be ready to see how much you're, st especially if you're going to finance it, you better walk in there with cash. Hey, Todd, I, I heard from James Cridlin. He made a comment that he was l listening to one of our episodes down in Australia and he heard a, uh, advertisement for an Australian grocery store. Awesome. At the beginning of our podcast. Beautiful. So I thought that was an interesting little tidbit 30, that came from him. 32 markets. We are getting advertising in 32 regions. So good, good. I'm glad, I'm glad he didn't hear a U.S. advertisement down in Australia. I al know, that's awesome. Al although it? we've had a few people complaining about some of our advertising, primarily the Value for Value crowd are complaining about our 30-second pre-roll. Oh, right. Yeah. I but, would prefer to have an early mid-roll, but we don't well, really make a spot for a mid-roll in this 
this program that we do. Well, herein lies uh, maybe come maybe the, we should talk. maybe come the new year. There will be the opportunity to have as many mid rolls as we want. Maybe we can be just like ah. some of the major groups and say, let's have ten, and every ten minutes or every five minutes we'll have a we'll have an ad. So. So that'll force us, Todd, to have to, to time no, the beginning. No, don't this. have to time nothing. Todd just has to find the spots. I know, but if we keep it consistent, it's going to be easier for you. Oh, that's true, too. But believe me, I, I'm not doing that. You're not going to do that, huh? <laughs> no. Okay. And, and, you know, and, but it, really the, the bottom line is, is that there is enough inventory. Oh, people are going to hate this. I can hear it already. There is enough inventory now to do programmatic mid-roll. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, there's yeah. enough inventory to do programmatic mid-roll. Where you, and again... Especially in this show, we go 90 minutes. <laughs> right, but we're not, <laughs> not going to be stupid. You know, right. and, and what it really is, again, is the CPM rates is, you know, depending on where you're coming in at. You know, I've seen a few CPM rates come in that I talked to my partner about. And I said, oh, I got a little concerned. And it's was early days and we're seeing the CPMs mm -hmm. come back into the, where we're supposed to, where we wanted them to be or want right. them to be. And, uh, they said, Hey, I said, the way we, you know, we got inventory. If you can drop stuff in mid, we're, we're ready to rock and roll caused so, by surprise. We're, we weren't quite ready. And I don't know if our podcasters are going to want it either. I, I would, So what are you seeing right, right now on the, um, the CPM range for your programmatic right right now. I mean, what's the spectrum of it? When we were early and nothing was really getting optimized yet, it was pretty low. It was about five. Uh, okay. But now we're seeing. Was that like the the average? Or uh, that was that was at the low. That was at the low end in the beginning, and now we're seeing a, a, a range. But they told us up front it would take ninety days. To kind of get kind of gel to kind of right. get it dialed in, but that first mm -hmm. that first report came in, and I was like, uh, hold, hold on, <laughs> hold on now. So, and again, it's programmatic, so we we have the CPMs to, range too. It depends on the our minute the targeting right? ev everything. It it really does matter from from hour to hour. So. You know, I tried and, you know, where I want to hold the line is five to 15. We get sub five and then I, that's, you know, that's going to cause podcasters to say, I'm not doing this. That's dumb. You know, mm -hmm. so I, I think we have to, it's, you know, we're, we're along for the ride, just like everyone else. We're going to see who this is. I'm going to be fully disclosing. I'm not going to hide anything, but I think that, um, because guess what? The podcasters get to see the report <laughs> and they're going to yeah. be, you know, they're going to be tweeting their screenshots of their reporting. And as well, and if you want to get more shows on, on the program, it's helpful for people to, I mean, to be upfront about it, transparent yeah, about yeah. what the opportunity sure. is and what the best practices are to, to, you know, to tap into it yep. without, you know, keeping that balance right yep. with the tolerance of the audience yep. and, and at the and, same point too, if the content creator turns it off too early, it doesn't get enough time for to build up. to build and the consistency and there's more information about the show and you know, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that um, we'll see. Don't get me wrong. Post endorse is still you know 
the golden yeah. goose that laid the egg. Yeah, it's it's not going to go away. No, and you know that's where the real that's the real money's at from a you know a bang for the your CPMs buck. CPMs aren't aren't that much different uh, at the high end of programmatic though. I mean, I've heard CPMs as high as eighteen. Oh, that's uh, that's on on the programmatic. Okay, so side. on program. Okay, so there's here's the thing about that, and this is going to piss some people off. They are going to be looking at, you're going to get 18 on programmatic. You're, they're going to be looking at that show very closely. And they're going to be looking at, the, they're actually going to even look at volume. Well, and that could be where this is all going ultimately. Yeah. So, you know, the whole hostry baked in stuff may over time kind of well dissipate. But with the economy, degree. we'll see maybe more money will roll down. But I think that what you have to fully understand is that still there is this, even in the programmatic computer buying system, not mm -hmm. every show is treated equal. And I'm starting to learn that. I, I have, I would have thought a tech show is a tech show is a tech show. A business show is a business show is a business show. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. Um, well, Todd, this is going to become more of a factor as we see these new platforms develop around um, suitability and yeah. safety. Okay. I mean, it's, it's it, being called it's, that, it's, but okay. really what, what, what it is is a deeper way to analyze the content. It's, it's, right? Let's just throw the word suitability out. Well, you know, it, purely from the perspective of the advertiser. Okay, whatever. Whatever the advertiser says is not suitability. It's about targeting and we don't need to go into we don't need to go into this conversation again. We killed it the last couple of shows, but yeah, right. Um, but it's all it's it's all linked they, up with ultimately different CPMs for different shows. They are I think going is where it's going to happen. They are going to pay as little as they have to pay, as right. little as they have to pay. Now, here's the next thing: is this news that Apple was contextually looking at content. And tagging stuff from somehow right. of linking back, that surprised me just a little bit. And it only looks like it's being done on the top tier shows. So Topic tags. Topic what, tags. Right, right. So that was curious in itself. In that announcement, I thought, hmm, what do we have going on here? So Well, and what, in the same, same day... It was released that Acast was doing keyword targeting, right, so right. you can kind of see where this is going. Yeah, um, more more and more, and then the next layer to this is context. Yep, right. It's not just keywords. Keywords can be a little deceptive. Uh, that's not a very granular look at content. So because I could use the, um, you know, I could use a few terms in the show that would probably reduce our, and again, yeah. You have to be careful of that stuff. Yeah. But as as we, right now. Uh, as, as YouTubers know very well, it, they've been having to be very sensitive of words that they use. Well, not only that, but scenes and videos too. Yeah, that too. Um, there's, yeah. I, there was a, uh, well, I won't say the show. But I'll just say that the guy was like, I can't show this or YouTube will flag it. Yeah. And, uh, or say it. Yeah. and it was basically a hunter and I'll just leave it at that. So they were very, they were very, anytime they showed 
if you if he shown blood at all on the YouTube video, he got axed. So blood? They, he showed the, any if he if let's let's say blood. let's say he was a hunter and had shot an animal. Oh, I see what you're saying. And, there was a gun in and, there. And well, blood. the gun wasn't the factor. The actual they never show the actual shooting per se per se. And but they would show an animal down, but they if and they would he would flip the video to black and white. So as oh. so as not because if he didn't it would it would flag show the color. It, it would, would show flag. The color. Right. So it's just like that kind of stuff. And um so I I thought it was it was interesting because what's going on here is deer season here in Michigan, and um, it, the opening day was yesterday national holiday I think almost state no one was at work. Um, they haven't decided I haven't went, even went and got a deer license this year so I haven't decided if I'm going deer hunting or not. Um, I think I could use the meat to put in the freezer for sure. But I was like, okay, if I'm gonna go out and you know do any hunting, I better get my skills ramped up on how to properly process the animal because it's, it's been a little bit. <laughs> so I was looking for, you know, instructional videos and, um, and needless to say, I didn't find what I was looking for. Everything's off YouTube because they can't have any of that on YouTube. So, right. So this, this Apple tagging, yeah. um, that they're, they're doing, it appears. I, I, I've been wondering about this for a while because, because I've known that Apple has been, taking transcripts from mm -hmm. certain shows for quite a while now. Yep. Um, I, I wonder if this, this is the first example of that being exposed, um, that data that's being captured, um, and being used now. So I just, I don't know for sure if it's, if it's pulling from the metadata of the show, like the description or mm -hmm. the keywords, on the title. Um, but if they're starting to get into the oh, content, well, they're the getting into the content that gets back to, um, AI technology yeah. and being able to analyze topics to find out what the, what the main topics are. So here's a question. This is changing topics a little bit because we've been talking about someone paying us advertisers specifically, but we've been yeah. working on this Apple delegated delivery uh, we're yep. just about done. Um, we have, we're testing. Matter of fact, we're testing right now. We've turned shows on for testing and um, make sure our documentation's right. And it's been a fun process uh, to get ready to to turn this on. And yep. the the question my team continues to ask is: We've done a considerable amount of work here. You know, one dev, one you know, one and a half devs for probably a month um, uh, of work. And the question then really is, is how many content creators are going to take advantage of this? How many content creators are going to go through the process, um, and make content that will AKA be paid for either by an audience member, um, yeah. early release, or it could be a premium version with no advertising, you know, and it's very interesting how it works on Apple. So, a show is a show is a show on Apple. There's right. no difference between a premium show and a regular show. They're they're the same. You have as far as getting it into the platform. Getting right. it into the platform, it does have to have an RSS feed, um, which is good. 
Because we were starting to see them move towards direct upload. So it does have to have an RSS feed. You do have to submit it. So it at least has to have an episode zero um, to get it into the system. And then you have the ability then to dual track stuff. You can publish at the same time publicly as you do privately. People that are on, have paid a subscription, get the private side. And those that haven't paid, get the public version. You can do that at the same time. You can do... um, like I said, a, a, a release on Apple Premium first, and then it comes out later uh, on the public feed. Um, you know, there's, I think there's like three scenarios. Um, so, the, you know, we've been basically telling podcasters, hey, we've, we're, we're ready for you to test. Send it out in our newsletter, uh, send it out uh, on social. We've got a number of responses. We got enough people to do the testing. Be honest with you, I was. It's we were wondering how many people are going to do this. So, for those of you that are podcasters listening out there, have you considered putting out a premium version of your show or ad free or something that is extra content or whatever it may be that someone would pay for? Now, we could very easily do that with this show where we would like do our 90 minutes and then continue for another 30 minutes and, you know, really talk behind the scenes. But I don't know if there would be that much added value to be honest with you for us, but I think it's, I think it's tricky. Yeah. To, well, especially in this economic climate too. Um, well, the know, number- I think we are pushing, I mean, there's kind of two things pushing against us here. There's, there's this desire to monetize content and then there's the economic conditions that are pushing back against uh, probably people unsubscribing from premium services, right? So, um, so you've got that tension going on right now. So it's all about value. All Although about think, value. Right. It's it's all about pushing the um, envelope about where people are prioritizing their investment, mm-hmm. right? And that's the key question here. So it goes back to the model that we continue to come back to on this show is, or any show, mm-hmm. if you're looking to monetize, then what do you have? You've got advertising, you got merch, you got premium donation, donation model, but let's, let's, let's not, let's be careful on how we say donation. Um, I was scolded for using the word tip. That's not, we're not being tipped. We're, right. we're, this is a model where y- if, if I'm providing, if we're providing valuable content, mm-hmm. it's making people think a little bit and they get value out of this and we entertain people, then what was that value worth? And if it was yeah. worth 50 bucks, then give me 50 bucks. If it was worth 200,000 Satoshis, then give me 200,000 Satoshis on the value of the content versus just paying me five bucks for premium. That's a, that's a model you can use. But, but, but the, but the question is here is you've got these big top tier companies that have subscription models and they say, Oh, just pay us five bucks for entire inventory. They're doing a volume play, but how much more valuable is that? Is that content worth more than five bucks? A month, you know, this is there. Therein, therein lies the 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 thing you have to think about. That's a challenge. It is. It's not necessarily a challenge. It's a mindset. I think. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and we haven't got it nailed on this show by any means. Uh, because you and I kind of ramble at times and we're not always on track. And last show is, I think we ran out of stuff to say. Maybe we should have ended 15 minutes earlier. But it's it's one of those deals where if you're a content creator, and I keep and I keep going back to this now, I've really gotten laser focused on this on the last last two or three months. And the conversation I'm changing now for content creators when they talk to them about, I want to grow my show, I want to grow my show, I want to grow my show. I'm going back and the question I keep asking them, what is the goal of your show? Right. You know, is, you know, if, if, if the goal in, in oftentimes what I'm starting to find is they have a goal, but they're not doing what they need to meet the goal. Right. So if the goal is monetization, then you got to put out like, you got to be rocking it, building a big audience. If your goal is having a small number of people that, love the show and support it again. It's gotta be, it's gotta figure out what the goal is. Everyone wants to get paid for the work, but not everybody can get paid for their work because maybe the work's not worth getting paid for. No one's boosting us. So our work is obviously not being worth being paid for. Well, there's so so much free information about podcasting out there. I do. um, Yeah. But Rob, there's 36 years of, of old curmudgeon in here. That's what it is. Well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I'm not yeah, sure at this point. You know, it's it's I think at this point it's just like I, I'm I'm sure you participated in the online conference you came on a couple hours after I did in uh oh, Sonia yeah. with in Bali. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had a fun time with her for about an hour. Actually I think I stayed longer than I was supposed to. She kept me. Is that me? Yeah. I don't think it's me. Okay, keep talking. I got to find my phone. Yeah, it's gone. So, yeah, it is about building value out there, and that's a hard thing to build. I mean, we've been doing this show for... 10, 11 years. Um, granted we don't, um, to be honest about it, we don't actually do a lot of preparation for this show. Um, we just, Todd and I get together. This is like Todd meeting, Todd and I meeting at Starbucks right. a week, um, talking about what's happening in the podcasting space. And that's kind of the, the model that we've been going after. And Todd, it would be interesting to see what our, our listener numbers are. Now, granted, that's probably a hard thing to pull together because of how distributed we are, but, um, to find out whether or not, um, our conversations like this that we do is more popular than the shows that we have on, like with guests or something like that. It'd be interesting to know that. Long-term it has been, and I haven't, haven't looked lately. And by the way, that's what happens when you have too many Macs tied to, uh, um, in basically, I forgot to put this on airplane mode. So sorry about ringing. Everyone was checking their phones there for a few seconds. Yeah, yeah, cause <laughs> that was the sound of uh, a, a Skype call. So, right. so, 
So it's kind of rare these days. Yeah. So <laughs> Sonia was saying in chat, she's matter of fact, she's on watching. It's the middle of the night there. What are you doing up so late, Sonia? Should we create our own keywords or use the ones that already become trends? I, I, it goes back to, um, everyone can find a podcast. It's the key in finding the podcast episode. So it's writing that episode title that you want people to find. Again, I go back again and say that I've said this five bajillion, gazillion, quadrillion times. You record for your audience, you write for Google. And, and I'm not always the best at it, but I do the best I can. Right. And this Apple effort here, uh, which I think is going to spread across the industry, but uh, is it is a way for them to be confident in what's being promoted. Yep. Uh, is actually what's in the content because there has been a history yeah, they're, of they're pulling stuff out being put in that isn't really accurate to the content. So um, this is this is a way of of doing that. Um, they have some so. computer that's looking at that information and yeah, and in, in trying to determine what the topics are that we're discussing. I don't know how they handle a ringer being in a show like that. Maybe the flag it is music and I'll get a copyright violation. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's copyrighted music. <laughs> well, yeah. Facebook flags, everything is copyright violation. Now our, <laughs> I, our little jingle gets flagged as copyright violation. Oh, wow. Okay. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's just an interesting time in the space and it's really, be honest with you, it's quiet. It's quiet, but it's also at the same time kind of a transitional period. Yeah, too. it's very, very quiet. And of course, Spotify says, oh, we released videos and podcasts everywhere in 180 global markets. Well, that is not news. Podcast right. video has been available since literally 2004. Right. Actually, and I would say that it was bigger um, back then than it is now. <laughs> so... The podcast index suggests there's 53,952 video pass video podcast shows on RSS. Now the question is how many of those are active? Matter of fact, I did send a, a note uh, to Dave to please change his reporting on podcast index. Oh, now, you did? Okay. Yeah. Did you hear back from him? Yep. He, he's working on some stuff with Podping, and those of you that don't know what it is, tough. You have to get self-educated yourself. And to know what pod ping is, um, see how I'm doing that. The so he is going to make some changes, and they had a discussion. Well, apparently, I might have ruffled some feathers. Really? With yeah, who? with some people that might compete in the reporting space. So I'm, mm. you know, I saw an ancillary reply, and I said, "Listen." Uh, Blueberry, Libsyn, everyone, we've all been competing with free against free for a while now. And right. just because something's free isn't going to hurt your business. It just makes you learn how to compete better mm -hmm. and, and provide a better service. So, oh, so you're talking about uh, a, a paid data source. Right. Versus, right. Okay. I think I know what you're saying. Yeah. Right. So, um, so I guess my suggestions was taken with alarm being that this, cause I was asking, I want to know the, the seven, 14, 30, 60 right. and 90 day numbers for, and not only 
shows having been updated, but I wanted a 7, 14, 30, 60, and 90 day how many episodes have been updated. Right. I wanted both yep. numbers. Uh, so is that a, a data metric that's provided by the paid service? I might. It might be. Yeah. So if it's provided for free, free off of the podcast index, right. then so I may have ruffled a few feathers, but it wasn't meaning to. I, you know, again, no, it's, it's just, just trying to get better information. You know, right. just trying to get more accurate the tracks to the medium yeah. and how it's looked at. Yeah. So we typically don't look at the medium in a three day window. No. So. So we should, we should back up though. And real quickly, I, cause it was before my phone rang here, we were talking about Sonia's conference mm -hmm. and, uh, Sonia, I believe is today the last day it's today yeah. is. Yeah. So she had a online world summit for live streamers and podcasters. And, um, she's done this before. She has before. And right. if everything goes well, she's going to have an in-person event next right. year. Right. So, in Bali. Yeah. and matter of fact, uh, the, I will say I had a board meeting last night. We were talking about London per se <clears throat> uh, quite mm -hmm. a bit. And, um, I've got a few more decisions to make on whether I'm attending that event, but the way I'm really, I shouldn't even talk about this, but it's really, if I'm going to focus on emerging markets, London's not an emerging market. That's an established market. That's probably a good point, Todd. But but it does tap into bringing people from all across Europe, True. which um, are coming out of emerging markets. Yep. It's it's just a more accessible but with, event but for with, many on that continent. But right? with the radio, such a heavy radio focus, yeah, that's with, true. But forty percent of the attendees being radio, that right. leaves me sixty percent of potential creators. Is that money well spent? That's that's a twelve, thirteen, fifteen thousand dollar right. bill. Sure. To send one or two people to. It's not it's not a cheap endeavor. And yeah, but that's that's the European market generally, Todd. It's it, I know. it's not like it's specific to London. It's that's just, true. It's true. That's just the market. But it's, I would be very curious to see how diverse outside how many people they get outside of the UK that come to that event. What do you think yeah. the mix was when you were there? Um, <clears throat> I couldn't really say what the mix was. I would say that that event did pull pretty heavily from the UK. Yeah, I would say that's what uh, I would expect. Generally, um, 70, how many people? Seventy thirty, maybe. Yeah, I mean, how many people came in from Central Europe or Spain right. or right. Um, that part of the of of Europe? It's it's hard to say, but. I would say it's probably a minority um, came from other other parts of right, Europe. Right. So yeah, there it gets. So I, you know, maybe I will attend and uh, just walk I mean, the hallways. I'm, I'm probably going to be there. Um, so do you think there's value in just go, showing up and walking the halls and glad hatting? It's not like it's it's not like I know anybody in that market except for a few. I don't know if there's well, much value in that. 
Well, one thing you can say for sure is that you're not going to have any relationships over there until you do that. Well, that's so, probably true. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's why that's, I went yeah. this past spring is that I now am more um, known over in that market mm. because I did a panel session on podcast monetization at yeah. that event. And, um, and have met a lot more people and, and went around and talked to all the vendors there, yeah. but I was only there for one day because I, I had to be back in, um, Florida for right. PodFest the next day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so I didn't get a chance to be there that long. So I guess so. we'll see how I make a decision here soon. I, I can almost have almost already ruled out having a booth. So have you? Yeah, pretty much. Um, we, we were a little late looking at it, but you know, this it's just these these events. It's just like NAB. If I still didn't have a discount on my booth because of money we didn't spend because of COVID, I would probably not be at NAB. And this is our last year to to look at NAB from a. Um, you know, there's got to be ROI out of an event. If I'm not getting ROI out of an event, it's stupid to go. Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about it too, right, right now. But you know, it's, yeah. it's considering some of the other trade show events we went to last year. I'm still getting business, B two B business from some of those events where I've got no additional business out of podcast movement. Yeah, you know, yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with you, Todd. I think that the there may actually be more opportunity at NAB than at podcast movement. I'll be honest. I, I don't it's know. Just, it's just because there's not uh, a bunch of competitors there. Right. That's the other thing. Yeah. So if you can get visibility at the NAB, yep. um, I think you can get a lot of people coming by your booth that are and, maybe are and, and we're not out in West. We, we, we moved to central hall and to be, right. be frank, I don't know what the heck your team was thinking about in staying in West. That's out in godforsaken back forty nowhere land, you I agree know. With you. So yeah. I told NAB we we will not exhibit again unless you move us into Central Hall. We're done, and well, I forced I, them to move. I us. told them that they need to put in place another podcast pavilion again, and it needs well, to they, get into Central Hall. They yeah. with only two of us there, they're not going to do that. Well, they're also not going to attract anybody else. That's true too. If they don't do a podcast yeah. pavilion, that, that's the thing. I mean, they're going to scatter us around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't make, well, make I, a bunch of sense. Be honest with you. I had a proposal between the three of us that were there last year. I'm like, let's all collaborate and get yeah. a little area and make yeah. our own little pavilion. But, oh, no, you know. I mean, uh, I don't know why they don't want to group us with the, the, the audio hardware folks. That's where I'm um, going to be. I'm going to be central audio, right. audio hardware central. That's where I, boom. That's where I would prefer yep. to be. If yep. I'm going to be at that event is with all the people that are interested in audio. Yeah. Why, so, why would I want to be over with, you know, like, like broadcast, broadcast and, towers and, and, and right. uh, transmitters and stuff. Exactly. That doesn't make well, any it, sense. It, you know, it's like someone's got a sick joke over there. well it's the same thing that happened to me at the the nab in new york too i I was the booth that was right behind me was a was a well i mean i mean 
that particular booth was good because it was like those uh, those cordless or wi- wireless microphone type things. I mean, this booth was showing the wireless microphones that they put at the bottom of uh, of uh, tap dancers. So, <laughs> if you've ever seen so, one of those microphones, before. you know, and in you yeah. guys have got enough. Here's the thing. It okay. All right. So I shouldn't have to give Libsyn marking advice. Yeah. But booth okay, selection, <laughs> booth selection and position is an art in itself. Well, I used to do that for Spreaker, remember? And there was like big competitions between yeah. you and Lipson and myself it's, to find the best booth it's, location. It's like the one year, the last year of the NAB show in compart, uh, conjunction right. with the now defunct, uh, whatever they called it. Um, I had the best booth pick out I had ever achieved, ever achieved. And then as they were setting the show up, they put a wall up, right? next to where our stuff was for, I remember that. I was yeah. so pissed. I was one row off and they never showed you it. Thought that you had, the I, best I pick. knew I had the best location <laughs> and they didn't show it in the mock-up how they were right. going to block that area. I, I could have, I lost my mind. Right. So, you know, that's the thing too. You, you never know the show organizers can change things. And what you thought was premium ends up being D U D E dud, a dud, a dud. You're you're yeah. twiddling your thumbs and your you boots just, all day. And you're right. just sitting there steaming, and you want to knock the wall out. You see, and to be you know three feet behind you, ten thousand people are walking by you, but right. they can't get to you. You know, right, so. or see you, or know that you're <laughs> right. even there. Right, right, yeah. yeah. So. So I don't know. It's the emerging market thing is, you know, got my attention, but. Yeah, it does for me too. I mean, I, I think it was really exciting that you got a chance to go to Saudi Arabia, but you know, that's, that was a little bit of a, it's an interesting place to go given the geopolitical environment right now. You know, so. um, people don't care about it. But just like here, if, if you, if you, don't care about politics. Life is just continue on. Stuff is just more expensive. So if you don't pay attention to the politics and you're just living life and not filling your brain with that crap, then, you know, it was no different than going to any other event with a little bit of culture differences. So. Yeah. Well, it, things are going to start heating up on that front though, well, with the announcement last night. Um, oh, I know. Trump, I'm not worried right? about that. That's, you know, just keep, <laughs> just keep your investment in popcorn up and you'll be, you'll do well. <laughs> right. So it's the advice I gave everyone many years ago is buy popcorn, buy, buy yeah. uh, yep. And probably for some people, probably buy Rolaids. Some people are going to need Rolaids or Tums or whatever they use. But. Oh, Todd, I just noticed that, uh, not to hark back on the brand safety sure. stuff, but I, I just noticed that there's an ad in pod news from the the 15th that was a couple days ago or one day ago um from barometer which is one of those brand safety companies who? and it says yeah who? <laughs> go ahead uh it says the ad says turning a blind eye to brand safety are you kidding question mark it says you can't risk it anymore that's why you need barometer get a free audit audit of your episode in your media plan today. Sounds like scare tactics to me. 
97 oh. podcasters don't care. Yeah. So, barometer. I don't, where did you see that ad? In Pod News, at the very top of the, oh, of the newsletter. Turning a blind eye to brand safety. No, podcasts are 99% brand safe. And that's the thing that kills me. It's almost like now we're being told, we're being sold this fallacy that podcasts are not brand safe. Podcast suitability spotlight. Again, calling. again, we're being sold a bill of goods that podcasting isn't, isn't uh, brand safe. And yet lots of people have great voices telling great stories and it, it's, it shocks me really that this is being sold as a thing. You have to be brand well, safe. Be brand safe. It's a way of uh, be, ranking. Be, it's another way of ranking podcasts. That's no, that's how they're ranking podcasts. That's right. You know, based the, on this, this, do, this, this protocol. That's do listeners care? Norm. Do listeners um, care about brand safety? No. no. This is this is entirely an advertiser. So, if listeners thing, who right. are consumers of content are not worried about brand safety of shows, then advertisers need to 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 build some fortitude. I'll just use that word. I don't know that brands have fortitude, Todd, and I don't know that they will. <laughs> well, it's pretty sad. It is because it, because it if listeners are listening to right. that content, they're worried about one person complaining about one thing said in a show. Well, it's not unlike <laughs> what we saw happen at Podcast Movement. That's a little, that's a little different. That's a little different. Ben Shapiro being there, right? Was it in a uh, podcast? It was a social media post. I I agree, but it's it's the same thing that they're scared of here. Well, it's the same thing that this is tapping then into. Then advertisers need to build a little fortitude and understand that podcast listeners, if they're listening to that content, that's very mm -hmm. brand safe. Yeah. Well, I tell you, people are grinding their teeth at me. Well, I just think this is coming whether or not we like it or not. Well, so, who, so. who's it affecting? Those that are taking, uh, doing host red ads. That's who's it's yeah. affecting. Mostly, I would agree and, with and, that. And they already know they have to be brand safe. If you're doing host red ads, you know you have to be careful. You know. So right. those shows that are taking advertising are already brand safe. Those shows that don't ever want advertising, they don't care. Well, if you're buying a show, basically uh, buying and placing an ad in a show that that is doing baked in advertising um, for future episodes. I don't know how you can ever a hundred percent know that there isn't a risk there. Right? This is only grow, a backwards grows, technology. Grow some fortitude. I know, but this is a backward looking technology, right? Yeah. And it's forecasting based on historical <laughs> uh, data, what a show will or probably will do in the future. Oh, I'm just as a judgment for whether or not it's, it's safe to advertise. It's just ridiculous. 
It's, you know, then guess what you're doing then? You're dumbing down the content because people are not going to be able to say what they really want to say. And you're putting well, another this form of censorship. It talk. absolutely it, is. You, 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 it is clearly, if you right. have to check yourself on something you say, okay, when I was still in the Navy, when I still held a security clearance, there would be things that would come up in my news feed that I would have to self check on because mm-hmm. I knew if I talked about that topic on my show, yeah. I ran the risk of doing a security violation even though it wasn't even close, but because it was close enough, someone says, oh, you knew something. You were talking about this. You shouldn't have talked. So I self-checked myself, made my show less valuable because I wanted to talk about it, and I couldn't. So if you are having to be worried about every word you say, then podcasting in that regard is done. From being an open, being a, a medium where you can express yourself. Don't get me wrong. If you say something completely ridiculous, you will pay the price for that. But this ha- we have to have a space where people are not afraid to. And again, with so many shows being not monetized, they don't care to. At least 50% of the podcasting space don't care for. Say what you want to say and do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And if you yeah. need if you need advertising so bad, then scrub your comments and be brand safe and take your advertising and be beholden to the advertiser. Yeah. Yeah, th- th- this is really the power of uh, open medium like that's based on RSS is that it doesn't have these kind of controls because yeah. I mean, look what's happened to to YouTube. And oh, that's why so many folks. That's platforms. why so many folks on YouTube are getting deplatformed and devoiced, and they can't say what they want to say. And everyone's got to be the you know we got to be PC all the time. Yeah. And and it's fascinating what we're seeing happen to Twitter right now. Oh, um, it's beautiful, absolutely yeah. beautiful. I mean, it's I mean no, but we're in a transition right now. It's I mean, it's a beautiful thing what's happening on Twitter right, right now, and and it's 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 pushing the envelope of how people perceive these platforms. Right. I mean, so Twitter was built on an advertising model. Right. right? And as we just talked about with this barometer thing and context and brand safety, that's really at the core of what we're seeing. The conflict that Elon is having right now is, is that these brands are worried about the content on Twitter. Right. They're pulling I, I don't, out I don't pay attention. They feel like that there's a risk that topics are going to come into Twitter that are outside of their brand safe orientation. L- 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 I spend a fair amount of time on Twitter. I have never, I, I have never, ever in the entire time I've been on Twitter responded to a advertisement I've seen in my Twitter stream. I've never I, acted upon an ad. Not once. Well, Todd, and that's kind of where I'm going here with what I'm talking about here. So this tension that exists around advertising is really at the core of why I I believe Elon is going to remove advertising from Twitter. I think he's, he's in the middle of transitioning that business model to a subscription model. Yeah, we'll see. And with the verified blue. Yeah, yeah. I was blue already, um, so. Yeah, I signed up, so I'm. 
I'm supporting him on the blue thing um, as well. But but it's not what it Pete, isn't yet is a verified blue. Right. For well, I'm people a, that are signing up now. Yeah, I'm a verified blue. I was originally a verified blue. But right. he, here's the thing is but that's where and, he's going with this. I, I know. But yeah. he, here's the thing about Twitter. <laughs> people. It shows you how screwed up things are when people are afraid of free speech. And if it's all about money, Todd, that's the thing. Well, if you're a user on Twitter, you're not affected by money on Twitter. No, but it's the advertisers are driving the agenda at the mainstream media at the, then guess, then guess what? The advertisers can go away. It'll be well, a better, it'll be a better user experience until they go that's bankrupt. My bigger point is, is that that's, what's driving a lot of this is the advertising side because of concerns about brand safety. Yeah. Well, and tw- that's tw- exactly tw- what this barometer thing is, oh. is getting in the middle of. Again, the, the situation with, uh, um, with Elon is it's going to all work itself out. And those advertisers will all be back there because they can't afford not to be on the platform. Well, certain advertisers will, if oh, he's still I, supporting I, I, advertising, will certainly they, be there. They're all coming. All of them. Are they're all back. coming back. They're all coming back. Every one of them is coming. So, Absolutely, they're all coming back. They're all just. Oh, we have we have to we have to we have to be politically correct and say we're pulling advertising for right now. But you watch within ninety days or six months, they'll all be back spending more money than they had because engagement on the platform will be at all time high. I don't believe for a New York minute that those advertisers are permanently gone. I don't believe it. Not well, at then, all. Todd, the only reason that that'll happen is if they, if uh, Twitter adopts a barometer. I, I don't, I don't, platform. I don't believe it. Don't believe it. They'll, they will be back. They can't afford not to be on there. It's, you know, I don't know. Todd. I think this, we, is... this, this brand safety stuff is not about brand safety. It's about targeting. And as soon as people start understanding, it's about targeting people that listen and consume content. It ain't about brand safety. Well, it can actually be both, Todd. It can be brand safety and targeting at the same time. And I think that's ultimately yeah. where this is I just, going. It's going to it, it's, be a hard sell on this. It's, 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 it's called contextual targeting. It's not uh, because more and more we're getting challenged around IP targeting, right? Yep. So what's the alternative here is to analyze the content and try and map interest that maps to advertisers. Well, like I said, a- advertisers need to start building some fortitude and not, and not bending. I don't see where they taught. I don't think that they have to do that. I think they can do what they want to do. Well, they, then they guess what? Then they're not going to, they're not going to be heard. <laughs> they're not going to be heard. They're, they're going to be, they're going to then have their sales are going to go down. That's right. right. Good, which good, is, good riddance. Which is the natural consequence yep. of that, if that's the case. And if if, um, if they're right. bowing to the one percent right. of voices that are complaining about someone farting in the wind, yeah, right. you know, come on, yeah. I, I, I when when did we become such thick skinned? I, I just thin skinned. You mean? Yeah, thin right? skinned. Yeah, not thick skinned. Thin skinned. That's what we want to have: is everybody be a be a little bit more tolerant of other people's thoughts. Tom says the lack of brand safety tools across the long tail is holding back the monetization of that long tail 
It just is. Todd, you can scream, get a thick skin all you want, but there's a risk with podcasts that you don't see in broadcast. I don't believe that. There's so much crap on broadcast. Well, it, it's a different issue. With yeah, broadcast. broadcast TV or broadcast radio <laughs> because there are no FCC restrictions. You can wish it not to be true, but it's true for the advertisers. And it's not about brand, about safety. That's binary. It's about suitability. So instead of saying grow a pair, you could also celebrate the fact that podcasting has these tools and other media don't. Well, again, it's it's going to. I don't to, know that that's always going to be the case. It's going to serve I, a I very. Think that that's that's coming to Twitter and that's coming to these media. Yeah, okay. Well, good. Right? Good. I'm glad I don't have to participate well, because it's it's going to. You're really trying to, um, in the podcast side, brand safety and suitability is only ever in the near interim, only going to pick four or 5% of the show's entire podcasting space because they're the only ones getting money. They're well, only ones getting on money. That, Todd, it depends on how we scale programmatic. But programmatic is, right. is, 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 is already being successful without worrying about brand safety stuff. Yeah, but the advertisers are going to demand it over on that as well. They're all, whatever. You know, so, so, okay. It's all going to be automated. So guess what? Then one or two episodes out of thousands will be, oh, that's, they can't, they, they said a Mm -hmm. bad word. So, uh, again, I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just old school, but it's like, it's what's holding back podcast advertising is that a small, what growth in this growth in this space is is that media buyers have refused, not because of brand safety, have refused to monetize shows that are in the 97% because they're lazy. And they don't want to have to manage and monitor and be able to um, manage campaigns a- across five, 600, 1,000 shows. They would rather buy the top 500 and be done with it well, Todd, these tools basically um, give them the automation that they need but the to buy is, across larger numbers okay, of shows and feel confident about no, it. It's it's not that. It's not about being confident. Right. They're lazy to do the buys across that many shows. They won't do it. That's right, because it's too it's too labor intensive they, to analyze that many shows. Those shows, those other shows, are not being analyzed. Those shows, well, those no, five hundred right. shows, are not being analyzed. That's right, because it takes too much time for them to do they're, it. They're not analyzing shows, any shows. On and, on programmatic? And, and believe me, big shows have big numbers, are getting advertising dollars, and they're saying a lot more controversial stuff in those shows than the majority of shows in podcasting today. So you can't tell me that every show, every big podcast that has big advertising dollars is not saying anything controversial in those shows because they are. Go listen to some of them. So it's, I don't buy it. I don't I mean, buy it. Right. I think where a lot of these big shows are, <laughs> are conscious of it is that their, their content's being repurposed to other platforms that have um, deep uh, context filtering go, going on yeah well like a like a youtube or <laughs> well you know you, or even a tiktok I, I, there's been nary when i wasn't paying for youtube 
there wasn't nary a YouTube video that wasn't monetized. And believe me, there was all kinds of crazy content out there. So, you know, everybody says, oh, yeah, there's but, always been crazy. What, what, what it is, yeah. what it is, is the creator doesn't get a penny of that advertising. It's been their way of taking money away from, from content creators because right. it's not brand suitable, <clears throat> but yet they're running ads against the content. Yeah, there might be a podcaster here and there that all of a sudden goes on a list mm -hmm. where they don't get advertising because they've done something completely outlandish. But ultimately, they're all back in advertising on those shows because they can't afford not to advertise on those shows because it reaches the demographic of people that they want buying their product. So mm -hmm. I might be wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But for the majority of independent content creators that are creating content out there, this is this is a non-topic. Yeah, I mean, I would agree on that. Sure. When 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 the forty-seven percent of podcasters that are not getting advertising today mm -hmm. are finally able to get some advertising, and they are told the reason you're not getting ads because of your content, well, then. Then, then maybe the maybe the content creators will care. Todd, let me pose a question to you as we kind of think more broadly about these these topics, because what we've been seeing is a is a pretty significant decline in the number, the total number of active shows, yeah, right? right? Just right. generally, right? And does that? I haven't seen any numbers that help me have a clearer perspective of. Because we've always said that, you know, like a quarter percent of the podcasting market is doing, you know, like baked in host reads or that, that kind of stuff that's kind of at the upper tier, right? Right. So are, are we seeing because of an overall decline in the number of shows that that percentage of shows that are being monetized is actually growing based on the percentage I of active think, shows? I don't think so. Cause it's still, so the shows that are still producing, are they the ones that are building larger audiences? No, they're, they're the ones that are cash and checks. That's but, what I say. I mean, but I don't know if they're building bigger, of, bigger, bigger audiences per se. Maybe. Well, if they're, well, okay. We I see, mean, we see listenership up across the entire stack. They're Li more established shows, right? So the, of course they may have reached a certain audience because then, then now they're able to monetize that. Right. So is the percentage of those types of shows increasing because of the overall number declining? I don't think so. Well, I if the overall number is declining, but we're not losing the successful shows, then that percentage should logically go up. So does that mean that we're going to see 10% of the, of the podcasting active podcasting market, um, be monetized? Not a chance. And, Here's the key. Until you get to 10,000 listens, downloads a month, you're not getting any money that's appreciable. Yeah, I regardless. haven't seen a distribution based on audience size. And it's, it's, all, it's all on audience size. Yeah, it's, but I haven't seen any kind of a breakdown for us to have an understanding of the, of the you know, is it 10% of the podcasting market that has more than 10,000 downloads oh, an no. episode or is it oh, no, it's much 5%? More. Is it 2%? It's, yeah. I haven't seen a distribution like again, that. Again, it's three to 5%. Have more than 10,000 10, downloads. Yeah. Yep. Or yeah. But there's a huge, huge 
number of shows that are in the thousand to five thousand range. Huge right. numbers. And then there's another big segment are in the five to eight or nine. I don't know that there's any one. Is there any one database or service that has a complete picture no. of that? No. Nope. Because I no think, no one wants to show their cards. I know what it is for my I think Podchaser I, was trying they, to aggregate but, but they that can't they data, can't right? they can't get real numbers from that. So unless they're running a they're running actual prepend stats. So us, Podtrack, uh right. all the folks that are running prepends and all the companies doing stats, that's where the data's at. So you could co coalesce all could. the data. You could right. But no one will. Because why would I ever put out data as a podcasting company to show who my 25 biggest shows are? They would immediately be poached. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't care that it's identifiable information to an individual show. I yeah. just would like oh, to you have like, like a you want the roll, You want the roll-up numbers. Right. Um, to see how it's progressing, right? Are we growing who, who do you, who do larger, you, who, who larger do you, shows? Are we growing middle tier shows? Are we growing smaller shows? Who, right who do you trust for that data? <laughs> that's the, I guess that's the bigger question, right? Yeah. Who can you trust <laughs> with that data? I, I right? wasn't, I wasn't, I, I gave some data away. It's probably six, seven years ago. There was a, there was a group that was collecting information. It was going into a centralized pool and have a collaborative report that was going to be put out. Yeah. And I found out some months later that that data had been leaked, shared. Oh. Uh -huh. And I specifically knew of my shows. And we, again, we anonymized it. So it wasn't like they knew the show names. It wasn't specific to the show, right? Right. They were talking about our numbers in a public forum that I caught wind of that they should not have known about. So I have a very, very hard time trusting any data going to any third party because people flap their mouths. They, they, and, they, they have friends. And is it trust, trustworthy data anyway going in? That, well, that's it was, we sent trustworthy data sure. because we thought it was going to be protected. And, you know, we, we were very, we were on board, but right. people talk, people's people are like little birds, you know, they chit chat with each other. Oh, did you know, did you see this? Blueberry has this many shows at this or, level. Exactly. Yeah. Lipson has this many shows. And, and in, and in fact, size, and in right? fact, that incident may have resulted in someone getting fired. So mm. that's all I will say, but it's just one of those things where people have a tendency to, to, to blah, blah, blab about numbers. Well, now it's, if, it's, it's interesting. It, and and, if, numbers, and right? if, and if a podcaster wants mm -hmm. to share their numbers and they are on blueberry, we have a mechanism for them to do that. We have a mechanism for them to be certified that they are true. We have the ability for them if they want to put out a media kit and make that data public on a daily updating basis, they can do that. Yeah, that's so, awesome, Todd, actually. Yeah, so that they can do that. It's, but 
people that have lower numbers don't ever want to show their numbers. Right. (laughs) You know, if you have a really big big numbers numbers is when you want to share. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and I just, Joe Rogan loves it when people talk about how big his show is. Right. So I, I had heard, uh, through, well, through a, a, a Mastodon chat we were in, a certain website, uh, this really re- very unknown one, had put in the OP3 prepend in front of every, they, ha- they have a directory, and they had put OP3 prepends um, in front of all of the media URLs for all of the shows that were on that platform. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I didn't have to reach out. Uh, as soon as they figured out who it was, they went, you know, direct to that individual and said, what are you doing? You're collecting, you're running a, you're running a directory and then you are pu- putting data that can be publicly aggregated. So there has, it's almost like feed hijacking. It was pre-pen hijacking is what I like yeah. to call it. So if I did that, I would be, I would be crucified. Yeah. Literally. I'd be yeah. out of business. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I, I love data too, Rob. I'd love to see that roll up. Yeah. A percentage. I think it would be good. Oh, it'd be fun. Yeah. It's fun data. This matter of fact, it would be probably quite sobering. Well, and I think it would be helpful to the industry to, to have have some sort of a gauge on where we're at um, with audience development in shows that are active. I, I look um, at this, right. try to look at this periodically. I don't look at every month. I pull, We have a report I can pull, and I can see where things are going or where they've declined or yeah. what's gaining. And it, yeah. it's, it's interesting, but it's not that interesting. But what I can do with that is I can often say, I, I can suffer. I can basically say, okay, if they say they're having this many reported downloads per quarter, I can do some math and, you know, I can get a little bit of an idea and those people that kind of publicly release some stuff. And of course mm-hmm. there's the pod track stuff that's a little bit public. So you see some of that that's coming out and it gives you an idea where, where shows within the group fall. And yeah. uh, I, I'm often surprised that some shows are as quiet as they are about their numbers and it goes back to, and I think the, the psychology might be this many, many years ago, I was working with a show that was part of tech podcast. Uh, you'll know who he is <laughs> if I mention his name, but he begged me never, ever, 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 ever to share the advertising dollars he was earning for his show. Because if it ever got out, I would have never shared it. He didn't have to beg. It was mm-hmm. just, I just went and never shared it. If the numbers would have gotten out, his employer would have went sideways and he would probably have been without a job. He was making multiples on, on basically, let's say he was making $100,000 a year with his J-O-B. It's I know who you're talking about. <laughs> and he was making two or $300,000 with yeah. his part-time podcast. So he yeah. did not want this data on the street that because the company he worked with, who was very Fortune 500 at the time, would have mm-hmm. probably said, we don't need your, we don't need you anymore. And he could have lost his retirement, you know, a whole bunch of things. 
So he was very, very careful never, ever to show his earnings revenue. And I think you have a number of podcasts out there that are part-time podcasts that do very well, that make six figures, mm-hmm. maybe on the way to seven. And they have a regular JLB and they're just laughing all the way to the bank and they don't want anybody to know what their business is. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and when I have shows that are moving petabytes, petabytes of traffic, then you, you know, a show's pretty popular when they're moving petabytes of data, not terabytes. So, and they're not on any list. And, you, and then you go in, and then let's talk about Brazil. Holy crap. I don't know, Rob. It's, and those, and no, no brand safety issues over there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's always great to have, you know, there's always a, variety of people out there. And I know the example that you were just giving, um, you know, I remember he worked pretty hard to <laughs> yeah, build, build what he was building right. that show. Yeah. Right? Damn near so, killed him. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually at the end why he had to give it up. Right. And, and, and to some degree, that was my experience with the show that I did very early on too, but I, I ran for seven years. Um, it, it about killed me too, trying to keep up with that every yeah. week. Um, I wasn't doing it every day. Um, right. So that like was a daily was, show. So right. people are going to so, be able to deduce who we're talking about here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's that harmful to him now for us. To no, no. It, it's, he's fully retired. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> but you know, people were doing a lot of this kind of stuff back in the early days of the medium. I think a lot of people think that what's going on here is, really new or something like that. We had to and worry. It's really, it's really not. Why, why did tech, why did tech podcasts have as much success as we did? We guaranteed kid friendly shows. We built it into the model that it would be brand safe before there was such a word as brand safe. Right. And anyone yeah. that's building a show to have a desire to have advertisers and build it big enough, they're going to be very aware that they have to be brand safe. So when everyone's crying, brand safety, it's, it's a crock. Mm-hmm. Again, it's, 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 it's a disguise. It's something that, yeah, maybe, of course, there's going to be the one outlier show that says something that has advertising in it that's going to get the, the brand in trouble. Right. There's, you know, that's saying that that doesn't happen. But to say it's holding back the podcasting space, hardly. I don't believe it for a minute. Well, just uh, that's holding back just uh, maybe a certain aspect of this because I think like we've been talking about for a long time, Todd, on this show is that the the advertising um, what it, predictions that have been put out for, yeah. like, for the last five years have been, we're going to hit that $1 billion mark. We're going to hit that that $2 billion mark. Remember, they've been saying that, that we're, we're going to hit the $1 billion or the $1.5 billion mark for like the last four years. Yep. And so it, it – it does kind of make you wonder what is holding it back. For first well, question. Well, if, if brand safety is holding. The second holding, question is, is that maybe there's not that big of a market opportunity for advertising and podcasting. Well, Rob, be uh, I, I, I have been, <laughs> I worked for many, many years, pounding my head against the gravel or concrete wall or whatever we want to call it 
to try to get media buyers to buy into shows that were, 50, well, let's say 10,000 listeners or less per episode. Right. Here we are. And guess what? I have a permanent dent on my forehead. And it wasn't because of brand safety. It was because they were lazy and didn't want to do the work of writing a RFP that they had to take to their boss. This is, this is, this is, I'm going to tell you, this is how it is. I would send an, I would send an RFP for an ad buy with a hundred shows on it. There would be 10 that would have tremendous numbers, anywhere from 500,000 downloads per episode to let's, let's just, let's say the top 20 were 500,000 to 10,000. And I would send that, and everything below that were 10,000 and below down, but they were perfect match shows, perfect demographic. Right. They were brand, they, brand safe because we would ask, do you have adult content? You know, we would look at the mm -hmm. content. We were doing this manually. Right. And I have right. 100 shows on that list, and they would come back, and they say, we only want the top 10. We're going to cherry pick it. Because they go into their boss mm -hmm. with an RFP, and they would say, who, who, who the hell is this? Who are these? I've never heard of these shows right. before. Why would right. we want to be on these shows? I don't yeah. recognize this show. Why do That's I want true. to be in this tiny show? And guess what? Yeah. Again and again and again and again and again. I spent tens of thousands of dollars visiting media buyers, doing RFPs for years where they wanted to cherry pick the top and throw the rest away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we true. had a, we had a conversation with a certain. Well, we are standing NAB, right? And we were having a conversation with Lisa Laporte. Do you mm -hmm. remember that conversation? I do remember. It was in the hallway in a hotel in and Vegas. It was yeah. more. What was that? Ten years ago? Five Has years ago? Eight long? years ago? It's been a while. I think it was. No, I think it was. Uh, I think it was. Back, it was probably five years ago. Okay, so yeah. let's say five years ago. And we were talking about this exact topic. And she says, I am done dealing with the yeah. media buyers. She says, they have to take it all or nothing because they were cherry picking his shows too. Right. It I was think, uh, Leo was pissed off at us for something back in that time frame. I can't remember too. Remember. Irregardless <laughs> of any of that right. is... If she was having trouble with media buyers cherry picking shows because they weren't at the top tier, they were shows that were medium tier. Mm -hmm. it, why? Why? Because the media buyers didn't want to go to their boss and say, well, we got this package from Twit. It's got 22 shows. Well, I only want five of those shows. I don't want the others 16 or 17. Yeah. And you got to get them all. And, yep. and she said, you buy them all or nothing. Yep. Well, Twit has a little more negotiating power than, than Todd. It goes in with a hundred shows from a variety of different, uh, you know, here to Timbuktu. Yep. And they would say, no, we're, we're only taking 10. And the same thing that uh, we did at uh, podcast one too. I mean, so if you wanted to buy into Adam Carolla show, 
you had to buy a, a you know at least I, I think it was five to six other shows right. that were bundled had, with it. Had that to were buy, kind of in a similar genre. But the media right. buyers don't want to do that. You have to like almost like hold them hostage in order for them to buy a bigger package of shows. That's why it's so important for a network to have a good anchor show. Yeah. Um, if you want to get in the advertising business, because you have to have a show that actually has a pull with the, with the advertisers. But it goes back to when people tell me that, okay, I'm sorry, Tom, when you say it's holding back the net, the us getting to these bigger dollars. No, it's not. It's media buyers being lazy and not wanting to run on 200 shows and getting 800 ad spots in a month versus running on 10 shows and getting 40 ad spots. It's laziness. Right. And they can't sell it to their boss because their boss says, I don't know who these shows are. Yeah. Even though I was doing the work, I was doing all the work, making sure these shows were safe because we were doing Mm -hmm. brand safety before this thing become a topic. We were vetting the shows that were being on buys and they still didn't want them. So, well, yeah. so for me, until, until media buyer comes to me and, and says, I will take all 200 shows that you put on an RFP for me. This is the amount of money I have to spend for right. 30, 60 right. days. I'll take all 200 of them. And if you screw it up, it's on you. I'll take that risk because I will have already vetted the shows. And that's what all these other big media companies are doing. They're already vetting the shows. You don't think Gimlet and everyone else isn't vetting any show that goes on a buy. It's not about brand safety. Advertise cast is not putting ad host endorsed ad reds on those shows. Unless advertise cast has already vetted that show as being safe and a risk worthy to being presenting to advertisers. So it's. Yeah, I would agree. So um, when someone but tells it does me get back to trust, though, <laughs> it gets back to trust. Well, okay. It's trust. Tr- trust me. If I screw it up, then put me on a list, you know? And it does speak to <laughs> advertisers wanting tools so they can even be lazier than they are right now. And they're not going to buy. I'll, I'll they're be not, honest. They're not going to yeah. buy any deeper than they're buying now. It hasn't happened. It happened for the first five or six years of podcasting. And after that, it, it hasn't happened. Now we're 18 years in. They're still not buying deep. And they won't buy deep. And they, right. small shows will not get. $25 CPMs unless they have a super narrow niche show that is the neurosurgeon talking to neurosurgeons. Right. So, and they'll probably then get 20,000 episodes as I've often referenced. Mm-hmm. So blow smoke up my butt. I don't believe it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> I've had this, I've, I've been in the trenches for far longer than most of these other people have Right. And know what the media buyers do. So anytime someone tells me it's about brand safety, no, it's because they're lazy. Not safety, lazy. Well, that's, I I agree with you. That's a big factor here. There's no question about (laughs) it. You know, and if I'm pissing people off, prove me wrong. I come to me, anyone come to me with a ad buy. That's more than $10,000 a month for two months. 
give me the topic, let me put the show together, the show list together, get the RFP signed, see if you can get it signed and not have it be cherry-picked by your boss. I'll run, I'll run every one of those shows. I'll run every one of those shows through a, um, I'll, I'll get every one of them a transcript for their past well, 10 episodes. Well, they've always episodes. been swayed by, by a particular host, it's, you know, it's a celebrity. That's all it is. Right. It's like, oh, and, I've, and, I've, and I've got to buy an Adam Carolla and the, show. And, the, or, and that host, you just think Adam right. Carolla's brand safe? I would say he's probably... Uh, back in the early days when it, back in 2014, I, I think he was considered more brand safe than he is now. So, but they did very well. See, with things him. have changed too, Todd. I, I mean, know they've, the I know culture. They've, oh, I know. Changed. I know they've changed. I know. Right. But right. anyone's people now think about this stuff more. It's than an excuse. <clears throat> well, it's also a reflection of uh, how the culture has changed and how, um, this cancel culture and, all these things that are permeating I don't, our culture I now don't, have, have come into play. I don't discount any of it. Yeah. But if I go through and I curate a list of shows that are safe for an advertiser and put in 40 hours of work, put a deal together, because some of them right. took that much, because guess what I'd have to do? I have to listen to them. Yeah. I have to listen to those shows. And then we had to have a, a conversation with those shows. The do's and don'ts. You know, are you swearing in your show? We did all that. And then to go, and then go to the media buyer. We did it by hand. Didn't have a computer. Or, or Todd, the, the ultimate of this in the early days of the medium was the, the host trashing their own advertiser. Well, saying yeah, I, they're the product. I tried the product. It actually sucked. Uh, um, before GoDaddy became a sponsor of the show. And even a few times as being a sponsor right. of my show, we've had conversations with them. Where, where <laughs> did people think this trusting of podcast ads came from originally? Right. It came from hosts being completely transparent and honest about right. what the product was that they were promoting on their show. Right. If it was sucked, now, they said it sucked. But if that's, it that's was great. The, they said it was great. But, but that, but that the is, audience had to trust. But it, that's though. nothing to do with the, what they're worried yeah. about now. Yeah, it is. But g- good luck trashing, about, good, good luck know, trashing an advertiser are they now. A liberal or are they a conservative? Is it was what none of that. There was no right. care. And I understand I, I, times have changed, but yeah. it's not because of brand safety. It's because they're lazy. I mean, Todd, just to give you an example, when, when, when I was working at Podcast One and I was working on helping the Adam Carolla show, um, I didn't ever think about Adam Carolla as being a conservative. I, it never even came up right. in my thought processes. I don't, I don't think he is, is he? Yeah. He is. Really? I wouldn't, have, now, I wouldn't have known. People, I know. That's kind of what my point is, is that now this stuff is being pointed out and people are being divided based on, um, now it's like, I, you know, it, it, it's like you and I, Todd, I, guess I never knew you, you were a conservative until just the last couple of years. Cause, but I'm not, I'm a moderate. I, okay. But I think you lean that way. I lean both ways. I, I've leaned a little bit more on the the democratic and liberal side for many years, but, but 
But I'm coming back to the middle like with you. If, I, if I, I feel like I'm more in alignment with you now than I ever have if, been. If I laid topic. out my politics, people would be shocked. I, I am really, truly down the middle. I should be, yeah, a, li- but, I should but, be Todd, a libertarian. Can you actually be right down the middle anymore? That's the thing. Is oh, that the, people that, that, that <laughs> think they're down the middle are actually on one side or the other. Right. That's the problem now. You know. Because I feel like I'm down the middle too, but I feel like I can't even – I mean, just being in the middle right now puts you on a side. Right. You know, so it's it's just like, I don't, I never vote a straight party ticket. Never have. Never will. I probably shouldn't even be talking about this stuff. (laughs) That's the other side of it too, right? You know. It's like, I'm going to be like, you know, pissing off somebody just by taking a position on either side. But it's, you know, I don't care about someone's politics. I guess I I'm in the minority. I guess I don't care. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people do. Now. Oh, I know they do. And I'm sure a lot yeah. of people assume yes. a lot of things about me, but they don't know me. No. Have a conversation right. with me. Right. You know, ask me where well, I that's sit. That's what a lot of people aren't willing to do now. <laughs> yeah. Ask me where actually... I sit and you might be shocked. Yeah. That's, you know. But a lot of people don't want to do now is they don't want to talk to anybody that's on that right, side. Right. right. So right. I, I don't know, you know, I'm sure it, those of you that deal with media buyers, am I right or am I wrong? Send me an right. email. I will keep your name. I won't reference where you work or anything. I won't tell anybody. Tell me if I'm right or am I wrong? Mm hmm. When it comes to, it just just tell me. You know, I, I, it's it's funny because I was I we formed the Tech Podcast Network in January of two thousand five. The number one requirement to be part of the Tech you had to have a family safe, clean show. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Why why did we have to have a family safe, clean show? Because we wanted advertising. We didn't want the F words. We didn't want the, the, you know, all the craziness, no smoking weed on the show, all that stuff. But we did go through a time, Todd, when people did that because they were like at the cutting edge, but, right? But they I ran it. to be edgy with their content, but I ran right? it, but especially I, the comedians. Right. But I ran a network that purposely went after advertising because we wanted to be brand safe. Yep. And for a while, they took everything. Because right. we, we were delivering. And then they got the notion, oh, we only have, we can only buy the big shows. And it all changed. I've been here from the beginning. No one can tell me otherwise. Because yeah. I've lived this and I've seen the change in the market. Yes, I understand. This is the buzzword now. I think I put yeah. something on Twitter. Let, let me read what I put on Twitter. Because it's still pinned you can look at my print profile right now. Go ahead. You can go over and look at at Geek News. And here is what my, oh, don't, I don't want notifications. Skip for now. Thanks, Elon. It says, <laughs> um, thanks, Elon. Oh, come on. Load, load the stupid page. It's, uh, oh gosh, here we go. They've changed something because I can't get to my tweets and my bouts. All right. Uh, all right. Let me go to my profile. Here he goes. It says brand safety, blah, 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 blah. 
most overused word of 2022. Time to get some thick skin. So this that's been on my pinned to my Twitter profile since November 4th. You guys sick and tired of hearing about brand safety? Ready for us to talk about something else? Well, we're out of time. <laughs> Thank goodness for you, right? No more of that word. What word's that? Brand safety. Oh, Sorry. You know, it's it's Sorry, I said it again. It's okay. It just triggers me. It triggers me. It's like it's like people There's so many things that trigger people nowadays. Tribe used to trigger me. And then uh there was another one that triggered me. It was uh Oh, we had these groups, masterminds. Master uh, masterminds yes. triggered masterminds. me before because mastermind usually equaled scam. So <laughs> Todd, I have a question for you. I I, I talked to a, a company that's um that's getting involved in podcast uh, podcaster advertising, right? So shows that want to advertise. Oh build audience, right? Yeah. So, um, this, there's a couple of companies out there these days that, um, are, are building like uh, programmatic type ad buying, um, for podcasts into like a visual display type of ad network. Right. Mm -hmm. So you basically will run an ad that basically enables a person to, to click on an, on an ad and it changes the format of the ad into being a player. Right. Cool. Like an audio player. Right. So, uh, and then that doesn't automatically cash. It doesn't automatically start playing. Okay. The user has to click twice. So they have to click on the, yep. the ad and then they have to click to play. Yeah. And it treats that playback just like it would on, let's say Spotify. That's cool. Right. So, so this platform, uh, I was talking to him and I thought about maybe inviting him on yeah. to the, on the show to talk about it because he needs to clarify. And this is what I told him. Um, he needs to clarify the distinction between what iHeartRadio just oh, did absolutely. and what he's doing because he could easily be lumped up with that. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Is that somehow what he's doing? As long as he's not cashing, as cashing long as, yep. And not auto play. Yep. Then he, he's good and he should advertise that as a feature. Right. And because more and more podcasters need options on ways that they can the, advertise, promote, build audience. You know, the challenge is, is doing, getting another advertiser to do a host read for another <clears throat> podcast. That's the hard part. If you can do it programmatically. Yeah, the, the exchange yeah. stuff, right? You right. can do it programmatically and, you know, that's, that's much probably easier if someone's opted in. So, oh, very cool. So if you're open to that, then I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll invite him on and. You can talk about his tech so, and how it works. So, by the way, uh, next Thursday is um, is usually a half day for most people before Thanksgiving. So, are we still doing a show next Wednesday? The what day? It'll be the twentieth. Is Thanksgiving's Thursday? No, the. Next, next Wednesday is the 23rd. Oh, I'm looking at, I'm already looking at 2024. Sorry. The 23rd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm game for doing okay. a show on the 23rd. All right. So uh, I should be as well. Okay. Uh, if anything changes, I'll let you know, but we went real long here. We did. And, I, and I'm probably going to get oh, some, yeah. probably going to get 10, 10 minutes. Probably right. going to get some hate mail, but of course, but I want to hear 
Some of you work with media buyers. And if you are a media buyer, I'd really like to talk to you too. And to prove me wrong. Maybe we should get uh, Tom Tom Webster and uh, and team over here on the show well, again too. Uh, you know, I understand where stuff. Tom's coming from, and don't get me wrong. Oh, I do too. But I, but but also, I would hope that they would start asking and talking to these media buyers. Then why, if it okay, let's say all this brand safety stuff is put in place, will you promise? Swear to goodness that you will start buying advertising in smaller shows, host red ads. Maybe we should have talked to Dan Granger about that when he was on the show a few months back. Will you, will you start buying those smaller shows that have less than 10,000 listeners per episode? Because Maybe I should invite Dan, Dan Granger back on the show again. Because I, I, I don't think they will. Well, I, I think it's a good question for him. For a ad buying network, so I'm talking about Dan Granger, who's I know. the CEO of of um, Oxford Road, which is one of the largest it's, podcast ad, and I don't ad think, agency I, buyers. And I don't think they will because it's too much work for them. They haven't built systems to be able to work on a widespread basis with four or five hundred shows at a time, like we used to have to. Yeah, but I think that's part of what's being built here. That's the okay. That's that's what we need to dig into. Okay, here is, maybe from a programmatic, programmatic, right. maybe, but not for host red, where the real money's at. Yeah. that's yeah. what we're talking about. Is host red ads. Yeah, but I think it applies to the whole. Yeah, programmatic's programmatic's going to work itself out because all those tools are going to be built in, and it's not. It's it's going to be podcasters not even going to know. Again, we're talking about host. yeah. It's going to be built in from these companies like Barometer. yeah. But but again, HostRed right. is not. They'll never buy any smaller shows in HostRed where this real money is to get us to this yeah. magical three billion dollar mark. So there's multiple companies that are doing this. There's Comscore. There's Sounder FM, which just changed their business model. Yep. Right. And By the way, any um, Sounder podcaster can come over to Blueberry six months free as well. Just contact us. Yeah, it's like <laughs> fifty four hundred shows over there. I think yeah. a lot of a lot of people in the industry were a Looking little bit for shocked home. that that they had that many shows. Well, how many active shows? Well, that that we just don't know. <laughs> well, we do. Some of us do. do. We do we? Yeah. Figure okay. it out yourself. <laughs> yeah get out there and get in get on that get on that get in that web browser and figure it out figure it out right. yourself right or load apple podcasts uh, something yeah okay all right yeah i don't you know I'm game for anything i'd love to have a good argument i've been missing to having a fight <laughs> Well, come up with a list, Todd, of all the people you want to fight with, and I'll be sure to invite them on the show so yeah. we can create a little But I don't want to I don't want to drive this thing into the ground. People are going to be sick and tired of hearing about this topic, but anyway. Right. Yeah, we'll see if we we see if we drive any any conversation here. Yeah, I'm still I'm still fascinated about how AI is going to impact podcasting though. And that's artificial intelligence. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're starting to see it enter, um, and I think it's going to enter in via transcripts first, and I think that's what we're seeing happen yeah. here. We'll see. Yep. So, meanwhile, anyway. all you independent all right. podcasters out there, we still love you. Yes, we yeah, do. Yeah, we can watch what all the commercial boys doing, 
you know, falling all over themselves to say, I'm brand safe. <laughs> well, you never know. It may be easier going forward. Um, these bigger, bigger media companies may be pulling back on their, their budgets. So that may open up the opportunity. Oh, it's, for, it's, it's for, the best time. Indies, it's right. the best time ever to be an independent podcast creator. It's by far. <laughs> Look at the numbers. Yeah. Okay. Let's get out of here. I'm Todd at blueberry.com. B-L-U-B-R-Y at geek news on Twitter. Be sure to send your hate mail to Rob. Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks, Todd, for that yeah, little handoff. Yeah, you're welcome. Right. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Rob Greenlee, and I also have a website, robgreenlee.com, and I also, um, just in the podcasting space, if you want to send me an email, you're certainly welcome to send a, a rob.greenlee at gmail.com. Uh, love to hear from you. All right. Or, or rob at uh, newmediashow.com there works you go. as well. And we need to check on that email, make sure it still works. <laughs> I think it does. I don't know if I'm I've, paying, I think I'm paying that bill to Google. I, I'll have to check. <laughs> I think we got an email from a listener just, just the other day trying to pitch us on a guest. Oh, so. okay. Hey, by the way, boost, 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 boost. Try those po new podcast apps out at newpodcastapps.com. We'll see you next week yeah. here on the new media show where we're going to be brand safe. Everyone take care. Yes, we are. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.